And I could very clearly feel like someone had sat down on the bed next to me. My one sister, Teresa, come literally floating down the stairs. She never touched those stairs coming down. One night we went downstairs, we heard a bang like something had fallen. Several doors in the kitchen cabinets were open, like wide open. But there's very distinct audio on one of the uh, videos that says, open the door. Very nasty, demonic sounding voice. So that is my ghost story. Hi, and welcome to Haunted AF, the podcast of real ghost stories told by real people. We are your hosts. I'm Julie Fisk. And I'm Rebecca Black. So coming up, we have got a ghost story from Eric Estrada. Woohoo! Ah! I'm so excited. <laughs> it's, not, it's not that Eric Estrada. I'm sorry. Don't ruin this for me. I'm sorry. Okay, it's Eric Estrada. That's all you need to know. Yeah, thank you. Hello. Uh, we also have another haunted, haunted house story. I love that these <laughs> things just keep coming in. Oh, and gird your loins because we have a Babadook story. Shut up. I know. So excited for that. And don't forget, you got to follow us on all of our social medias and hauntedaf.com. We got all kinds of extra haunted AF stories. We were also asked by Groo Monkey, the website, to share our top 10 favorite scary movies. So we actually put together a pretty solid list. And of course, yours and I's are completely different. So go check those out. GrooMonkey.com. Yeah, GrooMonkey.com. Or you can go to hauntedaf.com because I posted a link to it there as oh, well. Oh, that's right. Keep in mind, Rebecca and I started off as film critics and we love scary movies. So we do have good suggestions. We're not going to tell you to watch Hocus Pocus or some crap like that. And and not to knock on Hocus Pocus, but that's not a legit scary movie. If you want like the real stuff that's going to like haunt you forever, go look at our list. No, I actually am going to knock on Hocus Pocus because I don't get it. I don't. I've seen it before and I'm like, out of all the good witchy movies out there, why Hocus Pocus? I don't know. And while you're at hauntedaf.com, make sure you go ahead and stock up on your merch just in time time for Halloween. That would be perfect. Wear a Haunted AF hoodie for Halloween. Don't forget Mm -hmm. about the Haunted AF Patreon page. We usually post exclusive content there. I've been a little lazy lately, and you'll understand why in just a second, but uh, (laughs) but we do post new stuff there. In fact, we have to say hi to our brand new patron, Julie Myrick. Okay. Yay! So something big happened for the podcast. You tell them. So big, and we have been dying to talk about this, but now that it's officially official, and we actually taped the episode... We're going to be on the freaking Kelly Clarkson show! We haven't been able to announce it this whole time. We've been sitting on this for weeks. We weren't even allowed to tell our friends, so it was just you and I that were the only ones able to talk about it for so long, and then it finally freaking happened! Yes, and we still can't even say when it's going to air yet, but it's coming up soon, and whatever the Kelly Clarkson people tell us that we can go ahead and start sharing the information and say when it's going to air, then we will definitely, we're going to be obnoxious about it. Like, you're going to hate us, because we're going to talk about Kelly Clarkson so much. So freaking much, and you know what? I don't even care because it's freaking awesome and we should celebrate it. And because everybody (laughs) keeps asking, yes, she was very nice. She's very nice. So nice. All of her people were nice because, I mean, you know, like the whole Ellen thing or whatever. No, all of Kelly's people from head to toe, top to bottom were freaking fantastic. That's true. I thought TV people weren't supposed to be nice, but everyone that we worked with, all the producers, Dan, Carl, Jessica, Kayla, they were all like sweet as can be. So thank you guys. And again, we'll give you all the details as soon soon as the Kelly Clarkson people tell us that we can share it, but it's coming up. Okay, let's go ahead and get started. This is from Crystal. Hi, ladies. My name is Crystal. I just want to first say I love your show. 
I love the stories and I also think you ladies are super funny. Anyways, I am from Payson, Utah. I grew up in a little trailer court. There was me and probably about six of us that really hung out with each other. And um, I was really good friends with this guy. His name was Jake. And oh, by the way, my age, I was in seventh grade and he was in sixth grade. So many years ago. Anywho, he one night had a shotgun and the rumors are either he shot himself or he was cleaning his shotgun. He was a big hunter. So I think he knew better than to have a bullet in there when you clean your gun. But anyways, um, still to this day, I don't know what happened. But about, oh gosh, about five, six months after he passed, every night I would get this heavy feeling on my chest. And I am talking every night. And this went on for quite some time. Um, just a heavy feeling. I never dared open my eyes. Yes, it scared me every time my heart was racing and I didn't know what to do. But anywho, after so long, I finally one night dared open my eyes. And when I did... There was a glowing skeleton on top of me and he had like this thick outlining of black around it, uh, like a hoodie, a cloak. Anyway, super dark, super creepy. I was scared out of my mind. My heart was racing. Yuck. Anyways, he put his hands on my chest, if it was a he, whatever it was, put its hands on my chest and pushed itself off of me. Well, excuse me, not off of me, like just kind of raised itself so its head was up, you know, I could see its head better. And when he had did that, when he raised himself up, he opened his mouth, all these like flying caterpillars, butterflies, I don't know, all this bugs and like gray smoke just came out of his mouth. And mind you, ladies, while this is happening, it probably in my mind took like a year. It would freak me out. But anyways, he opened his mouth, all that creepy crap came out and then it disappeared. And I never seen that going in the dark skeleton again. But anyways, thank you for your time and have a wonderful day. Thank you, Crystal. So I, I wrote her back and asked her, what did she think the connection between this thing that she saw was and Jake, her friend who had mm -hmm. died? And uh, did mm -hmm. she think it was him? And she said she didn't even really feel like it was him, but that was the only connection she could think of, like the only person who had passed away recently. Interesting. The, the bugs coming out? No kidding. Bug vomit. No, thank you. Okay, wait a minute. What about practical magic? Why wouldn't people watch practical magic over Hocus Pocus? <laughs> I was trying to think of that movie's name and I couldn't remember it. The one with Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman. Right. That one, it was kind of good. It was scary. It was witchy. You know, it yes. was very fall oriented. Why not that over Hocus Pocus? I know. You're so right. You are so right. I would agree. I think that is a better movie than Hocus Pocus. Okay. Uh, so you've got one now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it's the moment that we've all been waiting for. The story from Eric Estrada. Punch! <laughs> Eric worked at the Manger Hotel in San Antonio for a very long time long time. He says it's famous because Teddy Roosevelt and the Rough Riders used to hang out there all the time. Eric was excited to experience some of the paranormal activity that he kept hearing about, but he just saw pretty basic stuff like cabinets opening on their own. I like how that's basic, by the way. <laughs> well, it is for us. It is for us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, true. 
He said one of his coworkers saw a shadow lurking around one night and tried to follow it. Didn't find anyone, but she did see the outline of a figure when she checked the security camera. Ooh, it got exciting one night when a family of ghost hunters came to investigate the manger. Eric says, I told them where the most active areas were, and a few hours later, they came back to the desk super excited. They were telling me they caught something on the recorder and wanted me to hear it. In it, you could hear the mother saying, hello. Then a faint voice said, hi, back. Ah, love it. The mom then asked, how old are you? And nothing responded. But you could hear a faint growl and then laughter. He's like, oh, the, the hair on my arms is standing up as I'm typing this. It always felt eerie walking around that hotel. People were always sending us photos of orbs or faces and pictures. <gasps> which they took on the property. That's crazy. <laughs> I love that, though. He said, I definitely recommend checking it out. The Manger Hotel is in downtown San Antonio, and it's right across the street from the Alamo. Oh, oh so that's it's so got to cool. be haunted. No kidding. Uh, he says, big fan and enjoying the podcast. Eric Estrada, P.S. I can send you an autograph. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Thank <laughs> so you, he's Eric. not the real Eric Estrada. <laughs> no, no. But if you want to have some fun, go ahead and Google the Menger. This place is so cool and creepy looking. And according to legendsofamerica.com, the Menger is the home of 32 different ghosts and something that Teddy Roosevelt himself walks the halls. Uh, another apparition shows up dressed in a buckskin jacket and gray pants and is seen having a heated conversation with an unseen presence. The entity demands demands to know, are you going to stay or are you going to go three times oh. before vanishing? I think it's just Joe Strummer from The Clash, don't you? <laughs> should I stay or should I go? Yeah, that's totally him. Okay. Is he alive or dead? <laughs> All right, so this next story comes from Alexis. Hello, Haunted AF. So I live in Louisville, Kentucky, and I've been listening to your podcast for like a week now, a week straight. Like I'm at work and I have my ear pods in and I'm listening to it. And I honestly believe it is haunted. Like weird stuff has been happening to me since then. And I'm not like... Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a scary cat. I mean, I'm a scary cat. But here's my story. So I moved into uh, this apartment like four years ago. Now, my son was probably about four years old when we moved in, and he would wake up screaming, saying stuff is coming out of my walls. You know, I'm like, no, Nicola, you're just, you know, this is a new place. You're scared. Go lay back down. Well, he started sleeping with me after that. Well, then I got into a relationship, and the guy ended up moving in with me. So one night, I was sleeping, and the guy I was dating, he's like 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, he's a tall dude. And I was sleeping and I had seen a shadow walk in my room and I walked from the door to the window and I thought it was him so I rode over and I went back to sleep. Well, I woke up around like six o'clock and he doesn't get off to seven. So I was like, who the hell was that? Like, it scared me. Another thing is when I'm really, really stressed, I have sleep paralysis. So the first time I had sleep paralysis, I was sleeping and I had woke up and my closet door was open. And I swear, if you see the movie Babadook, this is what this thing looked like. It looked like the little dude from Babadook coming out the closet to get me. Now I have my mom, my little sister and my son living with me. Well. My son talked about a shadow that he's seen kind of coming from his room into my room. The hall is very small. And then my little sister, like the next day, my little sister said she's seen the same thing. And she didn't know that he had told me the story. So I'm like, that is so weird. I was like, y'all freaking out. It's October. Y'all just being little scared cats. But yes, that's my story. Please edit this. I'm horrible at talking. And I love the show, by the way. 
Thank you, Alexis. And I do think that maybe Alexis needs to move out of that apartment. No kidding, because that there were all the things there. Yeah, I mean, the things crawling out of the walls, the Babadook, yes. the witch, you got shadow, shadow people. Shadow person. Yeah, there's what? a lot going on there. Like, the Babadook is enough right there. Yeah. For the record, if you have not seen the Babadook, you need to see that movie. It is deceptively terrifying. It's a mind F. <laughs> it is, yes. Okay, so this email comes from Kit. She says, hi, ladies, love your podcast. Been binging since I found it a few weeks ago. I have to preface this by saying that both of my sisters had someone in our family pass away on their birthdays. So my birthday was approaching in 1980 and my stepdad, Leo, was losing his battle with lung cancer. It was important to him to not do the same thing to me. So he hung on until just after midnight and passed the day after my birthday. Mom and I had gone to the hospital to say our goodbyes, but mom was always diligent about keeping our doors locked at home. To this day, you walk in the house and she says, did you lock the door? before you even get inside. Anyhow, when we got up the next morning, the back door to the kitchen was wide open. Of course, we joked that Leo had come home, but really we just figured we were tired and forgot to latch it. Well, we had a full house for his wake with family coming into town, so I slept with my mom that night. I was sleeping on Leo's side of the bed and on the dresser was his black cowboy hat. In the morning when mom got up, the hat was on the floor on her side of the bed. There is no way that hat could have gotten to the other side of the bed on its own. We got up and went to the kitchen and wouldn't you know it, the back door was hanging wide open again. A week later, my sister woke up in the night with the urge to check on her kids. So as she came out of her room, she saw Leo walk from her son's room into her daughter's room. She followed him in and he was just standing over the baby looking down into her crib. He turned, looked at my sister, smiled, and then just disappeared. We chalked it up to Leo wanting to let us know he was there and watching over us. Thanks for taking the time to read this and keep up the great podcast from Kit. Oh, that's sweet. And another cowboy. I just, I love the little cowboy ghost. Okay, so this next story comes from Steve. Hi, I wanted to tell you about a time I volunteered to work at a haunted house. It was here in North Atlanta. It was put on by the Roswell JCs. It was called the House on Haunted Hill. They had this amazing mansion. It was just a historical home, I guess. And it stood on top of the hill. It was a big white house with white pillars. And, you know, it's the kind of house that looked haunted even when it wasn't the Halloween season. You know, I don't know how it is that I ended up working there, but I was definitely a volunteer. And my role was to work out in a monster suit. So they had a makeup room. You go up, they put on makeup, put your mask on, get you all geared up. And then you go out into the yard at night and you work the line. Working at a haunted house comes with other perils. You know, the people in the line aren't always that kind. So right away, as I was out working in the field, I worked the hedgerow. There's just two long rows of hedges. Who even knows why? But the line routed through there. So people had to walk up between the hedges. Obviously, it's a great place as a monster character to jump out and scare people. The problem is when I did, the first guy just punched me in the face. (laughs) So it was kind of a sign of times to come, I kind of backed off. I didn't get quite as into the role as I thought I was going to be able to. Um, Later on, there was another long line of folks and some folks were drinking. I think I was 15 at the time, right? So the folks in line, you know, someone just grabbed onto me and it was a lady and she just held onto me and wouldn't let go. (laughs) I tried to get away for like 10 minutes. It was crazy. But, you know, I wasn't confined to just working out in the yard. I could work in the house. So part of that role would be to reach out and grab someone by the ankles as they walked by cut a little hole in the wall and get down in a little cubby and of course people love trying to step on your on your hand if they can but for a lot of people it just really scares the heck out of them there was a spooky aspect to working in the haunted house and after everyone's had their fun and gone home 
Uh, I was there later with a couple of folks, and I thought that they were with me, but apparently they had gone outside. And I was, you know, doing what I was doing, shutting down the lights, and I heard them. You know, I could have sworn 100% that I heard them talking. So I was going to be a jokester and sneak up on them. And then, you know, when I did, I came around the corner, and there was no one there. And I was like, no, I swear I heard them just talking right here. And then the thing is, you know, there was a lot of curtains in a haunted house and there was this nylon curtain. So what I heard was that sound that someone, you know, if you have a nylon jacket and you rub your nail down it, it has a distinct sound. I heard that sound and it was a long curtain and they ran, whatever was on the other side of that curtain, ran their finger down the whole curtain, which was basically right next to where I was standing. So I was like, I was a little bit frozen with fear at first. And I was like, Hey, you guys knock it off. And then I pulled that curtain back and it was nothing but the wall back there. So I don't know what that was. I just basically started turning off the lights, but I did not. I, I had the hardest time turning off the lights. I was sort of stuck there for like 30 seconds, just like I'm not going anywhere. I was frozen. Just then one of the props like rolled off the table and it was a head. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm so out of here. I got motivated and I took off running out the front door. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate you letting me share my story. Thank you, Steve. That is Steve Mascott from Atlanta, Georgia. He was my best friend in uh, like high school and college. One of my favorite people on the planet. Aww. So we asked a couple weeks ago, we said, let Haunted AF be your tender if you are a paranormal investigating group or if you mm-hmm. haunted, have a haunted house and you want a group. And we got an email. Yes, it says, hello, I just listened to last week's podcast and heard you guys say that if anyone has a paranormal group, and wanted help finding haunted locations, maybe you'll plug them. Well, my friend and I sort of have an amateur group. We jokingly started called the Spooky Searcher Squad. Oh, that's so cute. It's just us right now. We've actually done a few investigations together, but we would love to do more. We're located in Lincoln, Nebraska. So if anyone in the area needs help, they can email us at Spooky Searcher Squad at gmail.com. Thanks for taking the time to read my email. And I love the podcast, Jordan. Okay, a couple of things. If uh, the Spooky Searcher Squad ever makes t-shirts, we need them. Yes. So that is if you are in or near Lincoln, Nebraska, or if you are around central Illinois and you've got a haunted place and you want a paranormal investigating group, then hit up Haunted AF. We can hook you up now because we've got two different groups that are looking for haunted places. Woo-hoo. We also got a note from Lori about last week's episode. She says, I love your podcast and I got my best friend hooked as well. We just finished listening to the most recent episode where you were talking about deaths in apartments. Now, I work in property management in Arizona and we actually had a tenant pass away on one of our properties. Not quite an apartment, but it was a unit in a triplex, so similar. Now, all Uh we did was send in a bio company for cleaning, and then our vendors came in to do repairs. We actually got the unit rented out just after that, and the new tenants were not made aware of Ah. it. So they were not made aware of the fact that someone died in there. The tenant died of natural causes, and I haven't heard of any bumps in the night happening. Thank you, Lori. So I guess if it's just like if they just pass away from natural causes... Right. Um, But then I still want to know if something tragic happens. And we did get a note from a police officer who said, I have seen some crazy crime scenes and you would be shocked to see what happens to those locations afterwards. And I was like, please tell us more. And then he didn't write me back. So hopefully we'll hear from that guy. Okay. If you're interested in that kind of stuff, there is a company called, I don't know, Crime Scene Cleaners on Instagram. And they post, I'm not joking, like the bloody, disgusting pictures of stuff. And they don't really give the details of what 
exactly happen. Occasionally you'll get like suicide or whatever, but seriously, that's a rabbit hole that you can fall down into. And it's fascinating to see how clean it is the before and the after. I'm going to hate myself for all the time I know. I'm going to spend I'm there. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you in a minute. <laughs> send me the link, please. I will. Don't worry. <laughs> So we have another story and it comes from Nate and he says from 2009 to 2013, I took care of my handicapped uncle. Uh, in parentheses, long story short, my mom passed away when I was 16 and made me promise when the time came that I would step up and take care of my uncle when, oh my Aww. gosh, how wonderful. Yeah. He ended up passing away August 30th, 2013. So a couple of months after his passing, I was coming home from a show about 4am. I was playing music for a living at the time and you can guess what happened next. Yeah, I was asleep behind the wheel and slammed into the guardrail, then rolled my truck down an embankment. When I came to, I was upside down in my truck with the belt still on. There was a little boy outside my truck calling my name and showing me how to get out. I was laying on the ground when first responders arrived. There was a lot of blood because I had sliced myself pretty good getting out through the broken glass. They honestly thought I had been thrown and was dead, but I wouldn't stop telling them to find that little boy who helped me. By this time, the truck was on fire and they kept saying, there's no one out here but you. I'm pretty sure it was my uncle. Every time I tell the story, it gives me chills. It took me about six months to tell anyone that. The only reason I ever did was because I became friends with one of the first responders and they asked me later if I remembered talking about a kid that night. Thanks, Nate. Oh, that's just amazing. Uh, like, it, that gave me chills. So we got an update from Beth in Cambridge. Do you remember the ghost story we had a couple weeks ago where the girl was throwing towels um, on a chair in her room and the towels flew yes. back in her face? <laughs> right, right. Well, this is from Beth. She says, still loving your podcast. Just thought I would update you. So since I last messaged, my mom has gotten really sick and she's now in hospice. Oh, I'm so sorry about that, Beth. She says, I've started to become really scared in my room and I ended up using sage to try to help, but I'm not sure it worked. The weird thing is when I did it, I just saged my room and a little bit on the landing. The next morning, my sister asked, hey, where did you sage yesterday? And when I told her, she said, well, I think whatever was in your room hung out in mine last night because it <gasps> shook me awake this morning. We've also been hearing phones ringing, knocking on the doors and voices. It uh -oh. might be the stress of everything that's going on with our mom, but now I spend more time with my boyfriend so I can get a good night's sleep. I really don't know if this will calm down, but I'm really hoping it will. And that's from Beth. So um, don't you think they should probably go ahead and sage through the whole yes. house? 100%. Just go ahead and do it all. I mean, why not? And isn't it pretty common for stuff to kind of activity to kick up when there's a big stressful event going on like this. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So Beth, I think it's going to be okay, but you should definitely go ahead and just walk through the whole house, open up the windows and just mm -hmm. clean the heck out of everything. All right. So uh, this next story comes from Josh. Hey guys, this is Josh. I have uh, several stories, but I'll only tell you a few today, mostly pertaining to growing up in the city of Bardstown, Kentucky, known as the bourbon capital of the world. And we are also kind of known in some circles as one of the most haunted small towns in America. In particular, my grandparents' farmhouse that was built for in the 1840s, 1845, I believe, still standing. It's not, no one lives in it. Both my grandparents have passed, but it's still used as like a family storage, essentially. But growing up in Barnston, we always went there all the time to like play. And of course, you know, summers in high school and middle school were spent working on the farm to make that spending money. But after a certain point, there's no amount of money that you could pay me to stay tonight in that house. And this story is the catalyst for that. 
So it was about 2000, it might have been 2001, my grandmother had passed, my grandfather's mental capacity was starting to diminish, and throughout the week we had a caretaker, but during the weekend, family members would swap out to stay at night with them to keep them company and make sure that everything was okay. So this particular weekend, it was in the middle of the summer, it was hot as hell, uh, there's no central air in this house. When my grandparents bought it in the 50s, they built a sunroom on the side of the house that connects the foyer and the kitchen, whereas before there's no, nothing there. There's just two different entries into the house. But in the back of the kitchen, there's stairs that go up into what's called a traveler's room. And a traveler's room used throughout history since the nearest neighbor would have been, you know, miles away. Anyone coming through, they could opt to stay with a the family. They'd do a few chores, eat dinner, whatever. And they'd stay in the traveler's room. And in that particular room, you can close and lock doors on either side, kind of like a hotel, to protect yourself from the family or, you know, the family could protect themselves from an unsavory traveler or, or what have you, whatever the case may be. So this summer, my family's staying the night at the house. It's me, my four siblings. I don't really want to do it. Obviously, I'd rather be hanging out with my friends, but that's besides the point. I'm downstairs in the kitchen watching TV, playing Game Boy, doing whatever, and I decided to go to bed probably around one or two in the morning. I go upstairs to the traveler's room when my brothers are sleeping, and uh, keep in mind they're three and five, respectively, and uh, I climb into bed. It's a big, nice, king-size bed, but it's still so hot in this house. Oh my gosh, it's like I'm melting and uh, I'm laying there on top of the sheets trying to go to sleep but I'm just really just staring at the ceiling and all of a sudden and maybe 10 minutes after I get to bed I start feeling this cold rush of air and I think you know maybe the AC one of the window units like there's I'm finally getting a breeze but I realize that I'm nowhere near a window unit and then the temperature just steadily drops to where it's freezing now in this room and on the far corner of the room directly opposite where I'm laying there's a dark stain on the ceiling kind of like uh well to be honest with you it looks like a blood stain and it's always been there but it starts to grow across the ceiling kind of like something is just leaking and it looks disgusting and then I start smelling this rotten meat smell like something had been left out in the heat and you know growing up around the farm like you know we're accustomed to that smell because you know an animal dies you know what that smell smells like so I smell this decomposition smell that's just overwhelming it's freezing in this room i get under the covers i'm a little freaked out by the this thing that's spreading on the ceiling and i feel this immense pressure in my chest as i'm laying in i'm freaking out i look over onto like the uh floor and i see like a hunched over head and shoulders whatever it is it looks like a man it looks like it's crying like its shoulders are moving up and down like this somebody's crying silently and i i am freaking out at this point i'm trying to wake up my brothers they're not budging feels like this goes on for forever but then all of a sudden it stops and everything goes back to normal and i know i wasn't asleep i know i never fell asleep once so i jump out of bed run down the hallway to where my dad was sleeping you know i wake him up i'm like dad dad you know i tell him everything that's going on growing up in the house i'm sure he saw stuff but he's still a skeptic right but i'm sure he experienced some unexplainable things but type of man that until a ghost comes up and shakes his hand or whatever is not gonna like fully believe in it so growing up you know whenever we got freaked out by something he'd always be like oh you just watched something scary or oh you did this and just brush it off right not this time i told him exactly what happened and he started to panic a little bit he goes you need to go wake up your brothers right now so i woke him up we all moved into dad's old room down the hall and we all fell asleep didn't say anything else about it that night next morning i'm eating breakfast downstairs and my uncle my favorite uncle he comes in and he goes heard you met the traveling 
banker. I said, what? He goes, yeah, traveling banker. Now my family's huge history buffs. And when they bought the house, they did a bunch of research on the history of the families that lived there before. And it turns out that in the beginning of the depression, one of the families that owned the house a very brief amount of time met a man that was coming through the area on his way to St. Louis. And he stopped for the night. Very nice, very well-dressed, dapper man. Seemed to have a good head on his shoulders. And he worked for a bank and he was on his way to St. Louis to meet his wife and daughter, he said. So he stays the night, very polite, eats dinner, helps with chores. That night, though, he shoots and kills himself in the traveler's room with a shotgun he had in the saddlebag. And his gore splattered all over the ceiling in the corner, same oh. corner that I saw that stain on the ceiling. And then my uncles swear that the stain there is the same stain that's been there for, I don't know, almost 100 years at this point, or right at 100 years. But it's, it is what it is. So my uncle's like, yeah, we've, we've experienced him. He's always freaked us out. We've always felt very unsafe in that room. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, my God. The family found a suicide note from the banker to his wife and kid, talking about how terribly he felt that she left and he was on his way to see her. But then I guess he just kind of gave up hope along the way. Very sad, but still, it's just, whoa. So that's it. That's the traveling banker. I have a few more stories that I'll send to you, and uh, I hope that you enjoy them. They are definitely scary. But anyway, love what you guys do, and uh, you all take care, and you'll hear from me again here soon. God, thank you, Josh. Okay, how I have never heard of the traveler's room. Have you ever heard of that? No. 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 Fascinating to me. They would be like, yes, stranger off the road. Sure, you yeah, can come, come in my house. <laughs> come, please, come stay the night. We definitely don't think you're going to murder us. <laughs> yeah, you can lock them in the room. But then if you're the traveler, you're like, why are they locking the door I on me? <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, you're like, no, I'm locking the door on you first. <laughs> All right, guys, we need those ghost stories. The well is getting dry. Rebecca, please give them the email address. Hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com. I'm going to repeat it. And slower, hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com. We need written stories. We need audio. We're taking videos now. So send us everything you got. Especially with Halloween coming up, we need all the really, really creepy stuff. So coming up next week, we've got a haunted British post office and more spooky stories from the Philippines. Those ghost stories are so good, always. Mm -hmm. And then somebody wrote about their life-changing experience at the Stanley Hotel. So we're going to share all of that on the next Haunted AF. All right, guys, don't forget to subscribe to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever your platform is that you love listening to. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Reddit, or you can chat with us directly on our brand new website, hauntedaf.com. Got to say thanks to Andrew Mamaliga for our theme song and to On Air Media for titles and technical support. And of course, we got to thank you, the listeners. Thanks for listening. By the way, Julie, if I die first, I'm coming back to haunt you. Oh, I'll come back to haunt you too, Rebecca. Aww.